Hello, it's great to have you here with us. You enjoying autumn? We are. <laughs> you know, have you ever wondered why trees are so free and easygoing? It's because every fall they let loose. <laughs> and if you're in a part of the world where uh, the trees don't change color, sorry, that was a deciduous joke, but I'll explain it to you. So. All right, it's time to turn the time over to someone who always changes on time. It's Dr. John with the Technology Spotlight. How do they do it? I'm talking about cats. Yes, we're talking about cats tonight. Cats always seem to land on their feet. And they have nine lives, right? <laughs> well, how do they do it? I want to show you a slide that shows a cat falling. And it's kind of upside down. And as it falls, it can turn itself the right way. So when it lands, its feet are on the ground. Now, don't try this with your cat. But all cats seem to be able to do this. It's pretty amazing. And so now, guess what? We have a robot that can do the same kind of thing. It doesn't have nine lives. It, it does the stay upright as it's falling. So check this out. And if you watch, he throws the robot and see how it's turned the wrong way. And instead of flipping over, it straightens out and lands safely. And again, they had to use a cushion because it only has one life, right? <laughs> yeah. So how does it do it? It's pretty cool. This is some work developed from the West Point Military Academy and uh, something their students have been working on. And it's pretty neat the way it does it. If we take a closer look, this robot they call AGRA, which is not just a good cat name, but it's an acronym for um, Agile Ground Robot, I think, something like that. Anyway, it's really agile because each wheel has its own motor and its own servo, so it can turn any direction that it wants to. So when the robot is falling, it turns its wheels in this orientation that you see and spins them to use torque to stabilize the robot in the X and the Y and the Z positions. We call that the yaw, the pitch, and the roll. And uh, they use something called torque. And when a wheel turns, it makes the vehicle want to turn in the opposite direction. Usually we don't notice because the vehicle's bigger and it's on the ground. But in the air, it makes a bigger deal. And they do this with both wheels at the same time. They turn them both and it causes torque making the vehicle want to move the other way. And they use two wheels together, opposite corners, for one angle and then the two wheels the other way for the other angle. And they can use those two together, those two angles together, to position the robot so it's coming down. Now watch this video now that you know how it works. And at first they have this off and you see the robot swing and then you can see right when it starts. So here they give it a little push and see it's not doing anything now. They just turned it on and it immediately stabilizes using that torque. Here's another try. Give it a push and it immediately stabilizes still. So it's pretty fancy, isn't it? And how well it stabilizes, how fast it stabilizes is dependent on how much torque those motors have and at what angle they can turn them. So uh, if they had bigger motors, they say they could do it a lot faster and um, even with more spinning, they could correct it more like a real cat does. Uh, it's pretty neat. But not only can this robot do that, but because of how well its wheels can turn in different ways, it can actually drive pretty good on the ground too. In fact, if you watch this video, you can see how it can turn sharp and it can also turn on a dime and it can also even drive sideways. <laughs> so pretty cool what it can do, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, uh, in order to do that neat stuff where it can stabilize as it's falling, it has to use a microcontroller on the robot and an accelerometer. So as it detects the robot tipping and going to fall the wrong way, that accelerometer gives the microcontroller the data it needs, and the microcontroller figures out how much we need to spin which wheels and spins them all in that few milliseconds as it's coming down so it stabilizes and comes down perfectly. It's pretty awesome stuff and it's the same kind of stuff that we teach in STEM 3. Not the accelerometers but the microcontroller and stuff. A, a little, <laughs> little pitch there, right? <laughs> 
so now at the West Point Academy, they're working on the next generation. And um, I want to show you kind of what they're planning. They're going to have the same technology where the wheels can turn and it can do that balancing act, but also they're going to make the wheels more durable so it can hit the hard surface instead of the pillows, right? <laughs> and then they're going to give it some little legs that it can jump with. So it's going to be able to hop around. So if the last one was like a cat, I guess this one's like a bunny, right? <laughs> Something like that. And it, unfortunately, I think it will still only have one life. <laughs> and that's all the tech we have the time for. Thank you. <laughs> Now it's time for Breakthrough Moments in Science with Tobias. So when you were a kid, did you ever play with, you know, those blocks and have like a, a contest with friends where, you know, who can build the tallest tower of blocks first, you know? And then you just pick yours up and go put it on theirs. I win. <laughs> no, that's not very nice. Okay. Teamwork. Okay. We won. <laughs> High five. Mine's on top. But. <laughs> but, you know, building technology and building new inventions today often involves building with other breakthroughs, other inventions, and building something new with those. You know, uh, Dr. Billings a few weeks ago made a statement that really made me stop and think. He said that We've learned more in the last 20 years than all of history of human race. And I had to stop and think, wow, is that, that's true. That's pretty amazing when you think about it, that so much has been learned, and there's so many new technologies now. And tonight's breakthrough is exactly that. It's a breakthrough that was used, that built, was built using other breakthroughs, other technologies to create something new. So we're going to talk about Frank Wong. And he was a remote control enthusiast. Um, I don't know if you've you know, ever tried remote control items. I used to have a remote control excavator, okay? And, you know, it was great. Had that arm driver, pick up those beans. <laughs> um, and remote control. So you've got a control, and you're controlling something, driving it around or flying it around because there are remote control airplanes, remote control helicopters, and some of them are pretty large even. But... One of the big problems with them, or challenges, if you want to look at it that way, was it was they were very hard to fly, okay? If, if I didn't run my excavator right, I'd spill some beans, okay? I didn't crash the thing and have to start all over. However, with some of these remote control airplanes, for example, if you take off in your first maiden flight after you've built this expensive kit that you got, if you don't know how to fly it just right, it could flip over and crash and be destroyed. And it was, you had to, they even had simulators, computer simulator programs, where you practice flying your toy before you fly the toy, because it's a man's toy, so it's expensive, okay? But that was kind of how remote control aircrafts were at the time. And Frank Wong is very into this remote control aircraft, and he, he wants to find a better way to make them easier to fly, more stable, more reliable. And when he's in college, um, in, at the Shanghai College in China, he actually gets a grant for research and development on creating a better remote-controlled aircraft. So he starts looking at this and how to do it. Now, the, the grant he got was $2,300, and that's kind of his starting budget. And he had some ideas, and the basis of how am I going to do this was I'm going to use new technology new technology in my flying remote control device. I'm going to make a drone. And what he ends up deciding to use as the aircraft is a flying machine that has uh, four rotors on it. And this is starting to look familiar. Um, and the stability was going to be greatly enhanced with four. But other people had already done four rotors before. And so he's, he's looking at how am I going to get this to be more stable? And if you think about it, okay, so if you've got four rotors, you take this off and it flies up. If I let go of the joystick and I just want it to stay right there, because I'm not, I'm not telling it to go forward, back, side to side, I just want it to stay right there. You'd think, well, if, if the drone could give equal power to all four motors, then it should just equally spin and stay there, right? Well, 
having all four spin exactly at the same power is very difficult. And also, if the wind blows, it thinks it's sitting there and it's going over there. Uh, it has no idea if it's staying still. So how are you gonna help the drone know what the location is that it's at? And he decided to try testing out GPS satellites. And GPS satellite technology, he didn't have his own satellites. Um, but basically what this did, of course, is it allowed the drone to use the communication of the GPS technology to know where it is. Okay, and so if you look at this graphic, so there's multiple satellites in the sky and you can tap into this system where it's using the information of the distance between these satellites to know where the drone is. Now, he also put other technology into this, um, like an accelerometer and gyros to be able to know how high it was and to be able to know if it was tipped a certain way. But all of a sudden, now he could tell the computer that he put in the drone information on where it really is. So if the wind starts blowing, and uh, if you look at this, this picture, on, it's kind of a fuzzy picture. He's very happy in the middle there. Um, but on the left, they have a drone flying, and it's got fans on one side. And this is in their dorm area where he's trying to teach the drone how to adapt to wind and keep the drone in the same place even when there's bl blowing wind. And all these different factors being able to tell the computer in the drone what's happening, where am I, and so it can adjust itself and hold itself still. Well, he's able to get something that's actually quite reliable, where if you let go of the joystick, it actually sits there. And that's pretty unheard of in the remote control aircraft world. I mean, even if you have the joystick, um, getting it to stay in the same spot could be very difficult with like a remote control helicopter of the time. So they decide to make a company, and he decides to call it Dijon Innovations. Dijon meaning basically um, no boundaries, you could say. So Dijon Innovations. It's, it's like the mustard. <laughs> For your egg rolls. <laughs> Dijon Innovations. They eventually decided, you know what, let's call it DJI. <laughs> so they go with the name DJI. They released their first drone, and it's the Phantom One. And it was amazing because it could go up, it could use GPS technology to know where it was, and you had to hurry and land in seven minutes because that's as long as the battery lasted. But it could be programmed to return home using that GPS technology. So where it took off, it could come back and land there. And it was a, a major deal. Okay, we have a new toy. And so it starts to do pretty well, and then it starts evolving. And the next thing people want is, hey, instead of just flying up there, what if I could see? What if there, it was like recording? Because you know it's getting a little boring just flying it around. So they started. People started strapping GoPro camera, little cameras to their drones, and it would record. Then they'd land it and then go watch it. Oh, how fun, you know? So they came out with another drone where it had a built-in camera, or a place to connect a camera. And eventually that would change to a live feed. So now you could connect your smartphone and you could get a live feed of that view, and that changed everything. So now it, it feels like I'm. I need a license now because I'm like a pilot. Because um, you're, you're flying, you feel like, wow, I can see uh, the view from up there. And, but there was one problem. It was very shaky. With all those propellers spinning, it could get very shaky, the shot could. And watching shaky footage is not enjoyable. So they started looking at how can we really make this into something that's going to make people want to use it. So they researched that and developed a little version of these big professional gimbals that they had on things like helicopters for you know, the professional uh, movie making uh, equipment where they have these special arms with the camera and they keep the camera still even if there's shakiness going on, it keeps it very still. And so they developed a gimbal that was really little for a little camera and when that's put on there, it took all that shakiness out. And through all of these little breakthroughs, it turned into something that became extremely popular and eventually a multi-billion dollar industry. So I want to show you, dun, dun, dun. this is a little drone, um, one of their small drones. This is actually from DJI. They kind of have a large market share right now of the drone world, uh, so not very surprisingly. But I want to show you one, one thing about this. So 
Here's the four rotors that we talked about. Now, these actually open, this is the foldable drone, so, but they open up when you turn it on, just the spinning rotation makes them open up. And these are all controlled by the computer. Okay, I don't control this one and this one and this one and this one individually. I just tell the drone, go this way or go that way or stay still. And the computer controls the speed of all of them to be able to keep it in following the commands that the remote gives it. So the computer's actually doing a lot of the hard work here. In fact, all of the hard work, you could say, um, is being done by the computer. And then I'm going to go ahead and turn it on. And let's try getting a tight shot here. So the little camera, it's going to do its calibration. And I just want to show you the gimbal. So here is an example of the gimbal. So I'm going to start moving it. And you can see that the camera, I'm going to try and stay in the shot here. This is the dancing drone. Uh, but that little technology transformed this into kind of a toy that you put up with the shakiness into something that now is used professionally in filmmaking and in so many industries. Um, they use it in law enforcement, they use it in search and rescue, they use it in agriculture, in construction, the list goes on and on, and it's growing. So this is something that has just exploded based on some incredible technologies that were all brought together and found a way to make it fit in a little package and eventually become less and less expensive so it could be much more than a toy but also affordable too so with the new technologies of today even the sky isn't the limit thank you all right and now introducing roger billings That was quite an entrance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did, did you like that one? There's, I'm getting used to it. <laughs> Are you being critical? You didn't like it. I didn't say that. <laughs> I knew you'd love it. I do. I, th I love it. I love it, I love it. <laughs> I, I thought you'd see yourself up there and you'd say, this is a good one. <laughs> that would be a little arrogant. How about hurt your feelings? No, just embarrass me a little bit. Embarrassed? <laughs> I'm not How can I make it up to you? <laughs> I, um, I think we're good. <laughs> I'm a little concerned. You're a little concerned. Mm -hmm. Guys, we've got to do something. We've embarrassed. Dr. Peugeot. Well, I'm not like totally embarrassed. Um, <laughs> Just shy. <laughs> Does anybody here have a, a different idea we could do that she would like? I'm getting, I can think, I can do that. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do just a little editing here. Okay. <laughs> do you like that better? I'm liking that. <laughs> wow. Wow, I can, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> this was so worth it. Okay. <laughs> I think. I have a new one for you now. Do you want to see it? I would yeah. like to introduce Roger Billings with Peugeot. Watch this. <laughs> This is the enhanced version. Okay. <laughs> 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 
There you go. How's that one? You like that one better? That's called full of yourself, isn't it? You want to talk about a coincidence? Yeah, I, I do. This is a DJI drone, too. Oh, you're right. Isn't that amazing? DJI. This That's is not the foldable drone. version. This no. is the, whoa. It we is really, the really like drones. So this is the big brother to that one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, Tobias used to have one, I think, pretty similar to this. <laughs> <laughs> that was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a few years ago. And we try to talk about it often. <laughs> what happened to it? Well, you see, there's a GPS in here. The uh -huh. satellites, remember he was telling you all, Did he but tell you how he learned about that? But some people didn't <laughs> hear about that. So anyway, he wanted to try it out indoors. Uh -huh. And indoors, you can't get the GPS satellites, so it wouldn't turn on. So he went into the program and turned off the GPS feature. So he could try it indoors. And then he could fly around inside the room, and uh -huh. it must have been a lot of fun. Must have been. But then he took it back outside, and he forgot to turn the GPS feature back on. Oops. So it took off, and it started flying north. <laughs> yeah. And that's the last we saw it. <laughs> it's just going north. Anyone that's north of here, please keep an eye out for Tobias's drone. That has been a sinking feeling. You know, I think he holds meetings with his staff to figure out ways to use a drone in Acellus classes. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he we, likes Yeah, we really them. love drones, and they are neat. You know, he was talking about these little gimbals. And um, I'm going to just pop the shield off this one. So here's the little camera on this one. And if we can get a close shot, he was showing you how it swivels on one axis through this motor, and then it swivels the other way. And because of that, the computer can point the camera. And it does a, a really interesting thing. It looks at a picture down on the ground, and then as the drone moves around in the air and the wind, it tries to keep that picture from moving. So it keeps pointing the camera different to keep the image the same. And that is really, really amazing. Did you know that the reason we can have technologies like this is because we're all paying a technology tax? Mm -hmm. If everybody on the earth would pay just a little bit every month to develop these new amazing micro technologies, then we could have amazing things like this. And so that's what we do. How do we do that? Well, uh, some people could call it the Steve Jobs Fund. <laughs> we buy cell phones. That's true. And everybody buys a cell phone and pays just a little bit every month. And that's where a lot of these little technologies have come from, is things that they developed to put in cell phones because everybody wanted a better one. And so accelerometers and all these things that were developed, little micro ones, and, and image stabilization. It's interesting that uh, if you held <clears throat> a camera and tried to do a movie, uh -huh. that you would get that image jiggling that Tobias was talking about. And you notice that on your new modern cell phones, that doesn't happen. You take a movie, and we jiggle because, you know, we breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and when you play it back, the image is all perfectly still. And we don't, we don't always have a little gimbal on our cell phones, do we? Mm -mm. And how does it do it? Well, it literally has the image jiggle, and then the computer pushes the frames back in the right place. It's called image stabilization. That's neat. And you have to have a very powerful computer to do that. And our cell phones now are very powerful and amazing. So uh, if I were to hit this little start button, and it has a magic code, to get the power to come in, you must push it on and then hold it. Oh. It's on. It is. It's amazing. Now the little gimbal is getting calibrated, like Tobias is dead. And it's ready to fly, except it can't. Because the GPS senses that we're right at the international airport. And so this is a no-fly zone. You cannot fly a drone here without special permission from the air traffic control. You literally have to be a pilot to fly it here. So, hmm, 
we will look at these beautiful lights. <laughs> they are neat. But it is actually landing lights. An amazing technology, and I can't find my button. One, hold it, shut down. Now, go away. Mm -hmm. I think it's really neat. It is. Drones have been very helpful in making a lot of Acellus courses. The drone shots in movies and things give you a neat perspective, and they really, really are fun. Um, on the 4th of July, we used this drone to take an image of our Acellus 4th of July celebration. Yeah. Do you want to see that again? I would love to see that can, again. Can we find that? Can we pull that out? So those of you that were there remember that uh, everything was shut down for the 4th. So we contacted, actually, can someone get the camera over on the negotiator? <laughs> the negotiator. Okay. So can you, can you see her? Right, there she is. Wave at everybody. Okay, now keep the camera right on her, maybe a little tighter. Yeah. There we go. Okay. That's, hey, hey, hey. Now come on. Don't be shy. So here's what happened. We were driving in the car, a bunch of us, and yep. I said, wouldn't it be neat if we had a carnival or something for the 4th? Because, you know, everybody was all locked up and everything. And so she got on her phone and found a local carnival, and she called him. She got the owner. And he said, we're all shut down. You know, there's the virus. Nobody's doing anything. We're all, you know. And she said, well, couldn't we just do one private for us? You know, we could do social distancing and masks, whatever we need anyway. And then I was just... I was driving, I was kind of smiling, cause was, and, and then I heard her say, oh yeah, we've got plenty of budget. <laughs> and sure enough, now bring the camera back here, she had, that's right, hi. <laughs> and so he did it. And not only that, he opened back up and he started doing carnivals all over, and she started it all, and it was really amazing. But on the 4th of July, we had our own carnival just for the Sellis Academy and all of our local staff here. And I'd like, for those of you that were there, you'll want to remember those that weren't there, look what you missed. Oh. Let's roll. <laughs> Watch for the drone shots. And, and I would like to say, I am not the person that flew the drone through the firework shells. <laughs> that would be someone else. Okay. Good shots, by the way. Excellent. So the drone is flying up over the top. Isn't that neat? We had no lines. Some people rode that over 20 times. And this is called freak out. Some people rode this over 25 times. Some people got sick. <laughs> the thing that is amazing, look how stable the picture is, even though this is floating around with that gimbal, which stays pointed right at the same place by looking at the image and adjusting it to keep it pointed right at the target. So this pendulum ride is very popular now because it goes way up and down, but at the same time it spins and it literally feels like you're being thrown into orbit. It's a beautiful, beautiful image, isn't it? It is. Was fun. It was really fun. Yeah, it will be fun. Yeah. And I, I don't know that we'd ever get them to do that again <laughs> because they're normally very, very busy. We'll work on that. But uh, <laughs> talking about uh, making a Cellus courses, uh, we had someone uh, write in a newspaper article recently that a Cellus does not make their own courses. We don't film our own lessons. And he knows we don't because we have too many. Yeah. And no one could do that many. And so I asked Tobias, so how do you do it? <laughs> Tobias is in charge of the department on the second floor that is in charge of filming all the Acellus courses. And I think it would be very, very interesting to have him show us 
around his department and show them how he does it. But before we do that, I just wanted to show you something that I brought. Take a look at this. Can you see it? Maybe if I put ooh. Oh, it flies like a flying that. What does that remind you of? <laughs> That's a flying saucer right there. Oh, wow. Oh. That is, that's pretty neat, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, what is it? So last week I promised you we would go look at the studios, and mm -hmm. I told you a little bit about the green screen technology. Mm -hmm. It's where we have a background painted all green, and it's kind of a lime green like nothing normal would be, and it's a color that you normally wouldn't have in a movie or in a picture, right. so that we can take a person in front of the green screen and then we use the computer to remove every little speck or every pixel that is that color and put a background on. So you can literally film somebody being somewhere that isn't really there because you get a picture of the background, you get a picture of them, and you, you put them in front of it, okay? Uh, we use that a lot in some of our, some of our fun things in our courses. And uh, inspired by this little contraption, I don't really know what this is, <clears throat> but it reminds me of doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> anyway. It does. We thought it would be really interesting to see how Dr. Peje Monet would look in different alien environments. Mm -hmm. And so Tobias would like to have you show us through the second floor filming studio. And, and could you please especially show us the green screen room? and how it works. And one other thing I'd like to say, the people that film the Acellus lessons, they're taught by amazing teachers that we import to, to film a lesson from anywhere. They come from both coasts and everywhere in between. These are teachers at various schools. Uh, we, we ask superintendents, principals, students, do you know an outstanding teacher that teaches this subject when we get ready to film a course? And when we find candidates, we have them send us pilot videos of them teaching. We try to find the one that we think our students will enjoy the most. Then we fly them in here to do the filming. And so Tobias, will you please show us your kingdom? <laughs> Well, hi, and welcome to the second floor at the Billings Tower, where we're going to check out the Acellus Video Production Studios that are here. Now, this is one of the locations that we bring in incredible teachers from around the country and film new Acellus courses. We not only film the courses here, we do a lot of the post-production editing work here as well. So students get to be involved with both sides of that process of capturing the video and then editing the video. So let's head in here. This is one of the places where we have students who are actively working on editing courses. There's a lot of work that goes on, say hi everyone, uh, during the post-production process before these courses can go live to the students inside of the cells. All right, well let's look at one of the student editors. So, what course are you working on right now? I'm working on fourth grade social studies with Todd Edmund. With Todd Edmund. So this lesson that she's working on is a field trip to where? Yellowstone National Park. Yellowstone National Park. So she's enhancing the lesson with a lot of footage and images of the Yellowstone National Park. All right, well, we'll leave you to it. Thank you. All right, so this is an exciting hallway because this is where the actual video studios are. This is Studio A. Uh, we recently have done some STEM courses in here and also some math courses. So let's keep going down the studio hallway here. All right, so here's the studio that is currently set up and in progress as far as a course that's in production. We're filming a brand new biology course with Levi Goes, and we're actually doing it in this studio right now, obviously not at the moment. But what we have here is kind of a setup for science math type filming. So we've got an overhead camera that's filming down onto this board. And then of course we have multiple cameras filming the teacher, depending on what the teacher's doing. And all of this goes back to post-production where it's going to be edited together. Right, in the studios, we have a lot of different professional video lights that we use. This is a unique one that we use quite a bit, especially in the set lighting for different courses. Sometimes we'll put a glowing spot of light behind the teacher, kind of like this halo or something, but we can put in what they call gobo filters. Now I 
I have a special pattern on mold. This is actually the one that we're using in the studio. The idea with that was like almost looking through a microscope at something, which, you know, biology. Sometimes we want it to look like there's sunlight coming through a window behind the teacher. Uh, so this allows me to make a little window coming in. This is one of our mounts that we have. This has a green gel on it. We have different colors to create different effects. Now, what in the world is that? It's a ginormous bubble. No, this allows us to cast a large soft type light over a large area. And it, it diffuses it in a nice way to keep it soft on the subject. And that's something else that we really focus on is we want to make the teachers look their best on set because they're movie stars. This set behind me is actually one we're getting ready for, speaking of movie stars, for Dr. Peche Monet, because she's going to be filming some more SEL videos. And so we're working on a set right now. Now I want to show you the light we're planning to use in the set. This is a softbox. Um, it's a beauty light. So let me try turning this on. Let's see how it looks. Woo! All right, so that is the soft light. It's a big light source to create a beauty look. Is, is it working? Is it working? No. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, let's take a closer look at some of the cameras that we get to use in the studios here. Now, we use Blackmagic Design brand cameras, and we're using the Ursa Mini series uh, for most of the filming that we do. And these are incredible cameras that produce some really great images and video quality. Something interesting about industry standard cameras, most of them produce a very grayed out video, not very colorful. That's actually a feature of cameras like this, and it's dynamic range. It captures and retains a lot more information of your shot. That lets us in post-production be able to have a lot more control over the coloring. And the editing software we use for that is actually from Blackmagic Design as well called DaVinci Resolve. And that's one of the industry standard programs right now for being able to professionally and quickly grade or color your video. All right, now this is one of our green screen studios, which is very cool as you can see. So this set allows us to do all kinds of things with the teacher. If I want to be in one place, or another place, or another place. Okay, so what this is, is it allows me to have a stable shot as I'm moving. There's actually motors in this gimbal, and it's gonna keep the camera steady, even if I'm not very steady. Now, over here, this is pretty exciting. So this is a camera jib or camera crane that we'll use sometimes obviously to get some very sweeping shots. All right, well, we're in the green room and we have an exciting session that we need to do today with an incredible teacher. In fact, here she is. Here I am, a here, movie I am. Star here I am, here I am. So, thank you for coming. So we have an exciting assignment to do with Peje Monet. Okay. We're going to put you on an alien planet. On an alien planet? Today, in fact, oh. we're gonna do several, or a handful of My alien home planet? planets. Well, that's up to you. <laughs> so let's come on this okay. way, and we're going to have you stand here. So this is what Peugeot can see on the camera. So it's nice for the, the teacher or the talent to be able to see what's going on. But what we can do is put them into kind of a mock example of the set that they're going to be in. Now, this isn't actually recording with that background. The camera is still seeing Peugeot on green. But for us in the studio, for Peje especially, now she can start to see where she's going to be reacting to. So this is gonna help her with that, but also it's gonna help us make the lighting match that world. Okay, so that's what we're gonna do. So I noticed that in that set, there's a pink sun behind her. So what we're gonna do is, Peje, you wanna take one step forward here. And then what I'm gonna do is bring in one of our LED lights to try and match that sun. So right now we've got a blue color going. So let's pull this over to kind of a pinkish light. So that's gonna help us. I'm gonna dim down our main key light softbox a little bit just to kind of make the world look a little more real. We're gonna go through four different scenes with Peje Monet and we're gonna travel through space. So let's do it.
back to you. Uh, this doesn't work. Okay, now we know why the students like to work on the second floor. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's kind of fun to know that part of the story. Acellus Academy is a school for students that are studying at home all the way from grades K, clear up to kindergarten, up through 12th grade. So you can actually graduate from high school. But what then? Some of you will have careers that you're ready to jump into. Some will want some more advanced education. What if someone would like to get into video production? Then you'd want to consider enrolling as a student at the International Academy of Science and work in this program on the second floor, video filming, production, and editing. So the students, one of which we saw tonight, who happens to be filming tonight, thank you so much <laughs> for helping us, uh, has come in from across the country because this is something she's very interested in. Uh, some of you saw Raven. Can, can we get a shot at Raven? Who could? <laughs> okay, now she's saying no. Oh. Okay. All right, well, we won't say anything, but she happens to be running one of our cameras tonight back there. Don't listen to her. Shoot her. Come on. No, we can just shoot back. It'll be fun. Yeah, just flip the camera. Yeah, yeah. Turn around. Oh, here we go. We're turning, turning. <laughs> Don't you guys want to see Raven? You saw her on Tobias video. There she is, hiding out in the back. She's running one of the four cameras we're using here tonight. Say hi, Raven. But she is very interested. Okay, come back to this. Hello. Oh. Welcome back. Before Raven became a student at the International Academy of Science, just what, a little bit over a year ago, she was actually in a movie. Uh, this one, I think she helped a little bit with the filming, but she was mainly in front of the camera as an actress. So she has a lot of interest in the industry from in front of the camera, behind the camera, the editing, and this was a chance for her to come and get this schooling. One of the things we like to do at the International Academy of Science is we like to see people become very good at their specialty area of interest and graduate without student loans. And so we have a program so that our students are able to come here and study without needing to go borrow money. And we do that with scholarships. And we also actually compensate the students for helping out on real world projects like filming sales courses. And so we're very grateful that Raven's here with us. And if some of you are interested in becoming a a filmer, a, a film editor, getting involved mm -hmm. video production. When you graduate from Sales Academy, maybe you should go to science.edu and apply to, to be a student, come here at the Academy. And we'd love to have you. The second floor is a really great place to work. We have a lot of other programs besides filming. In fact, we're, we have a program in agricultural, agricultural, <laughs> agriculture, uh, some of you know a lot about our einkorn wheat. Our, our wheat project is to get this wheat that's ancient, that doesn't seem to make people gluten intolerant like some of the modern wheats, to get it in large-scale production. We did a, a field of 92 acres of wheat last year, and we got a 140,000-pound harvest, which we're pretty excited about. A lot of that wheat we saved to plant again because we're trying to build up an inventory of it. We planted two weeks ago uh, almost 300 acres, and I'm pleased to say it's growing. It's growing, it's <laughs> it growing. Is. We're getting rain tonight. I never thought I'd be so interested in rain. <laughs> but uh, we're hoping that we can get almost a half a million pounds of einkorn wheat from this harvest, which will be about July of next year, if all goes well. But this time, our, our education staff, because everything's done by students and faculty, but our education staff really outdid themselves. We have absolutely a beautiful field. And when I say beautiful, the, the dirt is so well prepared, and anyway, 
learning how to successfully farm, and we're doing it organically. So we're doing it without all of, well, I guess I shouldn't say we're doing it naturally, not quite organic, but we're trying to do it without the normal uh, spray and, and no-till uh, techniques because we think it might be better for sustainable health. So that's a whole other field that someone could get involved in studying here. We also have factory where we make our computers and our robots and our network equipment, programming, lots of other stuff. So uh, International Academy of Science is a great career option, but we look for the people that do well in their courses. Yeah. Study, 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 study. And you know what? That's what everybody does. If you do well in your courses, you're going to open a lot of doors for you in your careers. That's pretty exciting. What do you think about that, Dr. Monet? I think it's very exciting. I think it's very impressive, and it's very real. I, I got to go see that field. It's yeah, beautiful. you got to go see all those planets. What were they like? Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. I'm not going to tell you which one's my home planet. but Well, while, while you were in those neat. environments... What you saw was just that room with the green screen, right? Yeah, so I was, the green screen's behind me, obviously, and then they have a TV right up front, so I can kind of see where I am, mm -hmm. which, by the way, really helps because I filmed without that TV up there, and it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah. I think it was your criticism, not criticism, oh my your inspiration, <laughs> inspiration <maybe>. that <laughs> my, helped us know we should have that TV. My loud need. Thank you. Yeah, your loud need. There we yeah. go. But uh, I noticed when you went into the different environments, we could hear uh, sounds. Yeah. It, it was just like a whole different environment. And yet when you were there, you were still in the green screen room. Yeah, those so sounds would make a huge difference. It's so. neat that you can do that. <laughs> and learning how to create those effects it's are neat. very good. Yeah. The black magic cameras are very professional. Uh, we think they're the best. Mm -hmm. And... We wanted to have state-of-the-art professional equipment so the people that train here would be ready for real jobs. And when they go out to work, then they're going to have experience that people will be impressed by and will hire them. So that's why we use the Black Magic. How many of you realize when you're doing your Acellus courses how much effort we're going through to make them good? And we are constantly filming newer versions of the classes. Uh, I received a wonderful uh, letter today from one of you. Uh, I have to say it was extremely well written. Uh, kudos to you and to your English teachers that have helped you develop that kind of writing skill. But it was a, a student, uh, and, and by the way, I really appreciate the letter. I, it sounds like you're with us usually every week, so I hope you're here. But the letter uh, was telling me kind of about your history in Acellus and how you came in. And at first, it was a little bit disorienting to figure out how it all worked, but how you got used to it and how you're really excelling. And uh, found out exactly which teachers you like and why. Good feedback for me. <laughs> all right. And then you actually went on and told me about one class that you really think we ought to have criminal justice class. Now you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> if it was you, you know. And uh, what a good suggestion. It could be a good career class. And I'm, I'm going to look into that and see if that's a course that maybe we could create. But we are working on a lot of courses. It takes a lot of work in the video production area. But on the other side of the second floor, we have the team that has to work on all the other things to make a course reality. We have to write all of those uh, homework assignment problems that you go through, the exams, and, and there's just all kinds of things that need to be done before a, cat, a course can actually be published. Yeah. So uh, that's another area, by the way. We call it an educational technology position, edtechs, and that's, that's something that's in pretty high demand. Students that understand distance learning that know how to run a Acellus and distance learning programs like ours are in pretty high demand by schools right now because they're doing a lot of distance learning more than they ever planned to with a little inspiration from, from the, the virus. So uh, distance learning is a very hot new field and Acellus is, is really a leader in that technology.
and we're really proud of it. So I have a little message to you tonight. Okay, time out. <laughs> Excuse me just a minute, I got a message. What it's is from it? Mary. Hi, Mary. Yeah, she's watching you over there. <laughs> Good evening. I'd just like to say thank you for all the hard work that you put into the Excels Academy videos. Thank you for creating a com comfortable learning environment for students such as myself. It is greatly appreciated by all of us who attend the Sells Academy. Keep up the good work. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, the team here that work on the Sells Academy courses are very dedicated mm -hmm. to what we're doing, aren't we? Yeah. And um, this isn't an easy school to go to, <laughs> is it? No. But it's fun. And we're very much uh, mission-oriented. Uh, we bring in new people, for example, that are going to work on the second floor, and their job is to create, you know, the notebook and to create all of these things that support the lessons. And when they first come in, there's a lot to learn on how to do that, an awful lot to learn. And they kind of learn each category one at a time. And when they start to get pretty good at it, then we start talking about how many they're getting done every day. Mm -hmm. So it's not just enough to do it well. You've got to be productive. And in, in business, it's really a big deal. If, if you can create one lesson over a certain amount of time, uh, and maybe it's too long of time, then we can't afford to create the whole course. And so being, being effective and getting things done, being productive, is a very, very important aspect of this. In a lot of the educational settings, uh, they're not quite connected to reality like a business would be. If you go out and run a business, you better get things done and get them done well and get them done quickly because otherwise no one can afford to hire you. If you go to a restaurant and you order some food, you want delicious food, you want a wonderful friendly waiter or waitress, you want to have a beautiful ambiance or environment that you're in in the restaurant and you, and you want hopefully a pretty affordable price. And if you get all those things just right, your restaurant will flourish and people will come and you'll be very successful. If the food isn't good, people might come, but they'll never come back. <laughs> and so your business will fail. And that's one of the things about our system of business, we call the free enterprise system, is it really inspires people to be their best. And we're trying to trigger that in our educational program, our model is you learn by doing, and we try to tie it to the real world. So that when you graduate and you go into any environment where you get hired, or some of you, many of you are actually starting your own businesses, you know how to succeed. You know that you've got to have all those elements and they've got to be done extremely well, and then you're really going to flourish. So it's kind of a neat thing we have going here. A lot of people are working very, very hard to make a Sales Academy a success. And uh, this year, we have more people doing distance learning, I think, than we've ever had before. I read a statistic that said that the Super Bowl had the smallest in-park audience in 110 years of baseball. And that's because everybody had to stay home and watch it except for, I think, 11,000, because they were trying to control the virus. So, excuse me? So is it Super Bowl? Super Bowl, Dice Super Bowl, World so. Series? I don't know. Yeah, the World Series. <laughs> Dice, I don't know that's very called much the World Series Super Bowl? <laughs> that's where I'm you, just trying to you throw up it. a football and hit it with a bat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, awesome. uh, right now, Kansas City's kind of got football on the brain, doesn't it? But anyway. <laughs> So the virus is really having an impact. And another impact that it has is a lot of students have had experience this year studying at home where they never have before. That's true. And it's been a little tough on kids. I mean, it's new. We don't know how to do it. But if it's tough on the kids, can you imagine what it's been like for the teachers? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, they have to teach. And instead of looking at their kids and say, hey, listen to me, put that away, listen to me. Instead of that, they're looking at the camera and say, is there anybody out there? <laughs> it's a real challenge to teach through a camera lens over a distance. It and is. many, many teachers have had to do that this year for the very first time. But since we have all of this studying going on over a distance, we're getting a lot of data 
uh, how well students do in that environment. And I'm very pleased to report that the kids on Acellus are doing marvelous. Uh, there are a lot of studies being done about how effective courses are. I think all of the distance learning uh, courseware providers are, are getting beat up a little bit. A lot of people are unhappy with this or that or the other, and, and we should because it's chaos. This is something that nobody was ready for. But I'm very pleased that the students that are on Acellus are scoring very well on their exams and tests, and they're learning to read, and they're doing things in a, an exceptional way. We've had a lot of schools that got Acellus just to get them through the crisis, and now they're starting to go back to the classrooms in some areas, and they're saying, we're going to keep it. It's working so well, we're going to keep it. And that's kind of thrilling. Um, it works. It does. And, and that's does. thank you to the wonderful teachers, but all of you staff here at uh, the International Academy of Science that are working so hard to make it better and better. And we have so many ideas that we are implementing to make it better. And it gets better every day. It really does. I'm very proud of it. Thank you. And thanks to all you students. Please study hard. Remember that what you learn is going to change your life, your success. It's going to empower you to do the things you really want to do. And it's sometimes when you're young, it's hard to understand how important that is. But it's just like putting golden assets into your brains that are going to pay you back with success for years and, and even decades to come. So two questions real fast. Two questions real fast. <laughs> um, some students out there want to know if they can come to the academy for college and about how old do they have to be? The answer is yes. <laughs> the whole idea of the International Academy of Science is to, to uh, help people to learn the things they need to achieve their dreams. Uh, the International Academy of Science is a pretty small school, but we're really going to expand it. We purchased the hotel next door, the Quality Inn, to build dormitories. Now we're trying to purchase another hotel to build or not to build, but to have more mm -hmm. dormitories. So we're going to have a lot more students at the academy. And if you uh, have gone through Acellus and are graduating from Acellus, we would love to have you apply. Uh, and it, you'll have a wonderful experience. This isn't the college you go to if you just want to go play around. <laughs> but if you want to really learn, if you want to do something and feel very proud of yourselves, if you want to come out of here empowered to go do something with your lives, this is really a good choice. And the um, most important thing, we guarantee that you'll come out of here with no student debt. And that's a wonderful thing to have. So yes, 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 uh, do look into it to apply. How old do you have to be? Well. Uh, some of our students will come in and finish their high school year here. So if you're, for example, if you're in Power Homeschool or Sells Academy and you want to come and finish the last year of high school, you can come and do your Sells Academy high school year and do your first year of college at the same time. It's a dual enrollment program and you're welcome to contact our registration people and find out more about that. Uh, but. Uh, Yes, we would love to have you. The, to us, the whole of Cellus Academy is to prepare people, to train them. And when we get to have you come here after and go through our advanced programs, our college level programs, kind of like the icing on the cake. And then we expect you to, when you graduate, go out and really change the world and make big names for yourself course for which we will take full credit. <laughs> That's right. Okay. That's right. Okay. Is that it? Yeah. Okay, well, as uh, John would say, that's all the time we have. Thank you very much for joining <laughs> us. We'll see you next week. All right, well, thank you for joining us. We will see you next week. Have a great one.